Today on Season 2, Episode 76 of the Unknown Packers Podcast, Bryce and I dive into the upcoming matchup between the Green Bay Packers and the Carolina Panthers. Aaron Rodgers may be a bad man, but the Panthers have their own in CMC. What are the keys to slowing down McCaffrey and the Panthers' offense? How do we combat the league's top sack-getting defense? Who gets our pregame balls this week? Listen in and find out. And now it's time for MVP, Sex Panther, on tap. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. Touchdown! Dagger! Al Harris, 56 yards to a game-winning touchdown! Green Bay Packers! Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. Unknown Packers podcast. Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. And let me tell you this, Green Bay is a great town. And welcome to the Unknown Packers Podcast, where myself, Bryce Christensen, alongside Nebels, we're going to discuss the Carolina Panthers and the Green Bay Packers as they face off at 325 Central Standard Time. Packers are 7-2, and two, and the Panthers are 5-3. and three. This episode is, for lack of a better term, we just went with MVPs on tap. We also thought about Sex Panther on tap. Why aren't we going with Sex Panther on tap, Nebels? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Seems a little uh, seems a little risque. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the word that I'm going to throw out throughout this episode, which will make it very entertaining for you now and also in the future for future Nebels because you'll future Nebels will be editing and producing this episode. So, uh, I this can't is going to be a this is going to be a fun, fun episode, but let's start it off. I mean, we typically go through our pregame. We do we do three pregame balls. Packers, this is an opportunity, I think, to see what team we have. I guess I went from, all right, we're going to know what this team is at week seven, week eight, and now heading into Sunday, Packers are seven and two, very disappointing, brutal loss to the the Chargers this past Sunday, 26-11. But for the first half of the episode, Nebels, give me your take real quick on what kind of problems the Panthers could throw at us on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. And one thing I did want to point out is this game is going to be, it's going to prove to be very important for the Packers as this is their only home game over a 48-day stretch. So everybody was talking about, you know, how Oakland had a brutal game or brutal stretch without a game Packers are actually going through the same thing right now so that is definitely something to look up look forward to or look out for over the next couple of weeks now talking about the Panthers themselves most people know by now that Cam Newton is on the IR he's done for the rest of the season so that leaves the the second year quarterback Allen at the helm yeah, not really a big deal because uh, they have a guy called uh, Christian McCaffrey. I'm sure you are very familiar with him, as you mentioned. You know, in the, in the title of our show, 
We're talking MVPs, and he is a legit MVP candidate as far as I'm concerned. I'm sure as far as you're concerned, as every as far as everybody's concerned, uh, you know, hopefully they'll the league will start looking at non-quarterback positions as the MVP, and he definitely would be – he would get my vote. Oh, for sure. McCaffrey so far this season has put together his best eight-game stretch of his career. He has totaled 13 touchdowns and 1,244 yards from the line of scrimmage. One way they like to utilize him is they will keep him on the field always. He has been on the field for 92% of the team's offensive snaps this year, and that's a ton for running back. Now, he doesn't get carries every time. However, he is on the field so much because the Panthers love using him as a decoy. Mm-hmm. If he's on the field, ten teams will tend to stack a bo- stack the box against the Panthers, even if they're running a, a four-wide formation. So he is dangerous. Even if he's not, you know, his name doesn't come up, for the play, you got to watch out for him. Now, the quarterback situation here, um, Josh Allen, second-year quarterback, he has thrown— Kyle Allen, I'm, I know what you're— Josh, geez, I, I, I know what you were going with. And yeah. the only—that, re- alongside, the only concern I have is that you—the title is Sex Panther on tap. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. All right, I just wanted to— all right, I got to get a little bit more clever with that. Anyway, yeah, you do. Yeah, okay. Jeez. <laughs> oh, All right, back to uh, Kyle Allen. Kyle, Kyle Allen. Allen. Uh, too many Allens. Um, second year quarterback, thrown for 1,291 yards and nine touchdowns this season in six games. He also has four turnovers. One thing to keep in mind about that is four of those nine touchdowns came in one game against Arizona back in September. So he's kind of trailed off since that point. His last two games, he has struggled late. He has posted the worst two games of his season thus far. One resulted uh, as a loss at the hands of the 49ers and who aren't the 49ers beaten this year. And the other one came last week when they they beat the the Titans. So, yeah, LaFleur's old squad Allen locks the skill to quickly process a defense. So he's not, he should be further along at this point, but that's one of the criticisms on him is he just can't quickly process the defense. And he also lacks patience in the pocket. He will, you'll, you'll find him rushing throws. Now look for North Turmer, Turmer, geez, Louise, look for North, <laughs> look for North Turner to employ a lot of uh, dink and doink pitch and catch this weekend. All the stuff that the Packers just love to face there. He tends to play his best ball when he's utilizing one-read assignments coming out of the play action. So that's a little summary of the quarterback himself. As far as receiving weapons are concerned, uh, they have DJ Moore, who has 45 catches for 564 yards and a touchdown. Curtis Samuel, 30 catches, 407 yards, and three touchdowns. Neither one of them is a particularly deep threat. Mm-hmm. They're they're both pretty average, pretty average in a run-first offense. One good thing about these two is I think that Jair has a good chance to get back on track this weekend. Just because these guys aren't super big, I think they're, you know, they're each 5'11". They're not super fast. So that that could spell good things, you know, get get Jair's confidence back. Yeah, yeah, that's a good... That's a good. That's a good notion. I, For sure. Go ahead. Look at. Oh, looking at the Panthers, I, I think it's interesting too that uh, they're coached by Ron Rivera, former D coordinator of the 2006 NFC champion Chicago Bears, also coach of the year in 2013, 2015. I think it's going to be interesting to see what he and Kyle Allen will bring to the table because, like you said, with Christian McCaffrey, I wanted to. I wanted to add that. He ranks first in the NFL in rushing yards in total 
total yards or our total total touchdowns and <laughs> rushing touchdowns. <laughs> Looking at my notes. And the interesting thing that I found on Christian McCaffrey, not only is he I mean, he's got the best genetics. He comes from a long line of uh, not only, I mean, his his dad, Ed McCaffrey, who uh, I believe won three Super Bowls, if I'm not mistaken, uh, won two with Denver and then won one with Baltimore. I know Denver for sure. Baltimore, that would make sense. That would make sense. Couldn't tell you offhand, though. Yeah, he won three Super Bowls. So I wonder where, where the other one. Anyway. With Christian McCaffrey, uh, he's had 52 passes thrown to him, and he's caught 42 at a tune of 363 yards. Uh, I think if they if they if they allow Kyle Allen, if we allow Kyle Allen to throw the ball, I think I feel pretty good about our chances. Sure. Against against San Francisco, he went 0 for three. He had three interceptions, zero touchdowns, at 158 yards passing, 51 percent completion. Rating and then also a 28.9 QBR. The reason why I throw those stats out there is that I really want to see what the Packers defense brings to Kyle Allen. Can we have that same sort of stat line, if you will? Three interceptions. All right. So he's capable, he's capable of throwing errant throws. So let's, let's see, like you said, can Jair Alexander get back on track? Sure. I think you're going to see a lot underneath with Christian McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that he's also scored at least one touchdown in seven of the eight games so far this year. So he's definitely, I think, going to find the end zone. And I I equate it to the uh, Minnesota Vikings game with Delvin Cook, where Delvin Cook, you know, torched us. We still came away victoriously. So I think at home, I still think Christian McCaffrey is going to have a great game, which is going to make for fun football. Sure. I think the interesting thing, too, is that maybe we'll have a battle of the backs with 2017 draft picks with Christian McCaffrey and and Aaron Jones, Christian McCaffrey being the first running back taken in that draft, eighth overall, and Aaron Jones getting taken in the fifth round as the 19th running back, which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And that is my first game ball, oh, wow. is Aaron Jones. Is I think that let, let's get him back on track. Uh, he only had one reception last week for negative one yards, only one throw his way. And you see what happens when you feed him the rock, especially in the passing game. That's where he's most electric. That's where he just torches defenses where you get mismatches, whether it's a uh, a cornerback or even a, uh, even favorably a, a linebacker. So I'm, I'm, I'm going out there. It just felt right. It felt organic to throw out the first game ball. I'm going with Aaron Jones. I like it. I think it's going to be the Aaron Jones and Christian McCaffrey show. That's what I thought about when I when we thought about coining it. MVP is I think Aaron Rodgers is the MVP, but when it all comes down to at the end of the season awards, but I think the real MVP of this team is Aaron Jones. And, I like and Aaron Aaron Rodgers said it best where they wanted to get Devontae Adams incorporated, but everything really, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, stems from the run. Getting Jamal Williams and getting Aaron Jones involved in that. And they went away from that this last Sunday. So I don't know what Entails with that. I thought about giving it to Matt LaFleur okay. for my first game ball, seeing everything that happened this past Sunday, as well as uh, rumors of missed curfews and lack of preparation. He went away from what he knows best and that playbook and not giving Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams a rock. I think at home, Aaron Jones, dare I say, will be the better running back come Sunday. I like it. I like your optimism. It's, uh, it's a very good pick. 
Before I give you my first pick, I'm just going to wrap up a couple other notes here on the Panthers offense, get back to the oh, bad yeah. guys. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, I, I had mentioned not having that that steady deep threat. However, they did just pick up Dante Moncrief um, that the Steelers had released over the weekend. He probably won't get any playing time this weekend. I wouldn't assume so. Uh, however, he will be their biggest, fastest target when he is ready to go. Coming in at 6'2 and runs a 4-4-40. His big deal, his big problem was he's been plagued by drops, so that's why he hasn't been able to stick with the team. But if he can get it together, that's going to be a, a very big play receiver that they could use. Um, and then the other guy that uh, we overlook is the old Greg Oldie Olson. Um, <laughs> he has been around forever. I mean, he, he's he's solid, but he's not the tight end that he, he once was. With Olson, he, he could give us. Fits, he, yeah. Oh yeah, and this is this is why. I mean, he has become very matchup dependent. Um, luckily for him, the Packers have struggled with tight ends all season. And what I'm kind of thinking is going on is due to the Packers giving up so many deep explosive plays this season, they're going to play a little bit deeper, and that's going to allow the middle of the field to be a little bit more open for Olsen. So hopefully, you know, they've they've been looking at the film with with Patton and, and have found a way to seal up that inside. So that'll be that'll be a good question. Olsen could have a good a good game as tight ends have had on us this season. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back to my first game ball here. You said right. Jonesy, and Jonesy can't have a good game without his O-line. So I am giving the game ball to the O-line as a whole. Oh, so five game balls? Come on, yep, yep, yep. Well, no, they, they, all, <laughs> they all get a fifth. They all get a fifth. <laughs> they, get, they just get a little <laughs> sliver of That's the pie. Right. You get this lace. You get that lace. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, Here's I a little pig skin. That's right. Um, at this point, I think that uh, after last week's performance, they really need to step up this week. Um, I'm going to be going over it when I talk about the Panthers' defense here shortly, but Rodgers is going to have a hard time staying upright this week if the if the offensive line is not doing the thing. So they're going to have to keep him upright, keep him clean, and they're just going to have to really outperform how they did last week. Hopefully... Like you said, you know, maybe weather was a factor, maybe preparation was a factor, maybe there's overlooking the Chargers. But this week, coming back home, I think they are going to step up in a big way and play how they have been for most of the season. I do expect you know some big holes for Jonesy. You know, I expect Rogers' uniform to stay clean, and I just think maybe some good old fashioned Lambeau Field home field cooking will do. Will be just what the doctor ordered for this group. I like. I'm. I'm glad that you mentioned that. I mean, the offensive line is something that I I pay attention to regularly because I'm trying to see some silver linings, some some perks in in Billy Turner's game, and with the bearded duo sessions, numero trace uh, with Jeremiah, he talked about how he's been disappointing this year. I talked about Elton Jenkins being the biggest sleeper, be, being the biggest surprise. I mean, there are some out there that that knew it from the day he was selected that he was going to be great. And for those people, uh, bravo. That, that, is, that is very impressive. And I wanted to mention this, where the Panthers are rushing the quarterback collectively as, as a team better than anyone in the NFL. They have 172 total pressures, which is good for ninth overall. They have 39 sacks, which is first in the NFL. And then they have a 23% pressure sack conversion rate which is tied for first. So they get after it. Don't be and, stealing my thunder, Bryce. Don't do it. Oh, Don't was, do it. Did I did I do it? <laughs> Almost. Not quite. Not quite. 
You're lucky. I'll, I'll let it slide. <laughs> well, I don't even know what I was going with. I was just going to say that they're going to come after the quarterback. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. They are. <laughs> Did that little that little nugget? All right. Nah, now nah, you're good. I have I have way more stuff than that. I'm you just, do? I'm just yanking your chain. Let me, let me hear the stuff. You want to you hear it now or you want to wait till the second half? What's up? What's up? All right, let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll go to the second half of MVPs on tap. Um, I'm not going to say it this time, but it's definitely happening the second time. Enjoy this commercial break. Go Paco. You are listening to the Unknown Packers podcast. Do you want to be a part of the show? If so, give our listener line a call. Leave your name, a comment, concern, or question, and we will include your message on an upcoming episode. Call 920-328-5269. Again, that's 920-328-5269. We look forward to hearing from you. Don't forget to show us some love and rate us on your favorite podcast provider. Now, let's get to the second half. I'm ready too, and we are back for the second half of MVPs on tap. And when we talk about MVPs, we talked about Christian McCaffrey, talked about MVPs such as Aaron Rodgers and my first game ball with Aaron Jones, and MVPs such as the offensive line. But going into the second half, we have two more game balls. We have game ball two, and we have game ball three, which we like to call cleverly the wild card game ball. And then we'll go through the injury report because that's essential. As the Packers square off at on Sunday at 325 Central Standard Time at the frozen tundra. And it's going to be frozen. It's going to be nice and cold. crunchy, just like I like it. <laughs> it's, it's, been, uh, it's been cold uh, the month of November right now. We've been getting snow, frigid temperatures. I'm all about it. My neighbor has been uh, complaining about the snow, mm-hmm. which has been quite comical because, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm used to it. I don't mind the snow. But anyway, I digress. And let's let's talk about the Panthers' defense. I think that when we talk about Christian McCaffrey, we also got to recognize maybe another MVP on the Panthers' defense and the quarterback of the defense, Luke Keekley. I think is going to give fits to the Packers' offense. But and I also mentioned with Ron Rivera being the former D coordinator of the Chicago Bears, um, he's got quite the pedigree when it comes to his coaching prowess, if you will. But I'm curious, what's your take on this Panthers defense? Because you've been knocking out of the park. I know I stole your thunder in the first half, and I'm going to steal it again when I sneak in that word you do from it. Anchorman. You, you, you can go ahead and go there. All good. Now, yeah, as far as the Panthers defense is concerned, they started out super hot. Some consider them the, the top-ranked defense in the league earlier this season. Thankfully for us, they have been very suspect the last two games. Against San Francisco, they allowed an average of 6.2 yards a play. And then last week against the Titans, they allowed a whopping 7.2 yards a play. That's not uh, that's not how you win, win games. They were only able to force three punts last weekend as well. So the Packers have the sixth most efficient offense in the league right now. So that is going to be a test for this Panthers defense. Now, similarly, similarly to the Packers, the Carolina defense is heavily reliant on the turnover. Uh, this bodes well for the Packers since they have only turned the ball over seven times this entire season, which is good for third best in the league. Now, even with all that being said, 
the Panthers defense can wake up at any time. Earlier, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, they were once considered the number one defense in the league by many groups. And they were also on pace to break the single season sack record of 72 sacks that were held by the 1984 Bears. So they are getting to the quarterback early and often. The Packers offensive line, who's been stout most of the season, is going to have their hands full, as we mentioned. Panthers racked up 34 sacks. I think you said that earlier. And one kind of cool thing, one interesting thing to note about that is they have seven. 39. Oh, 39. My bad. I must have old notes. Thanks, Bryce. Um, <laughs> it's all right. That's what I'm, that's what I'm here for. Um, so you, you maybe maybe you can correct me on this one too. Uh, they have, <laughs> I, I love sure, taking I'm your sure. thunder. They have seven players that have registered at least three sacks this season. So seven it's different actually, players. What? It's actually eight players. Oh, okay, great, great. That's nice. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm out of here. I quit. No, I, I, I noticed the the inflection in your voice dropped a little bit, but I, I'm done taking your thunder. It's like wah wah. Anywho, now these sacks they are. Coming Coming from all over the place, it's just not not one you know one direction or the other. Last weekend, they got a sack out of safety Eric Reed. I totally forgot he was there. Now um, they got a sack out of the big D lineman Dontari oh, Poe. Yeah. Again, another guy who I forgot there. They got uh, a sack out of uh, Shaq Thompson and Marquise Haynes. So again, they're kind of coming from from all sides up the middle from the from the the defensive backs. They registered two interceptions last week as well, uh, one from their safety, Trey Boston. Again, I forgot he was out there, and another from cornerback Dante Jackson. Can't forget about uh, old right. Luke himself. Not, nothing more to say about him. He's just a beast. He is going to be a handful in himself. And one guy that we aren't talking about too much is rookie Brian Burns. He is one guy that I kind of liked Coming out of college, was hoping maybe the Same. Packers would take a, a flyer on him. And and he has four and a half sacks of his own this season. So he has, as a rookie, he has stepped in there and is playing well. So the defense, like I said, they start out hot. They've been a little bit off this these last two games. So hopefully they will continue their downward spiral and Jonesy, Rogers and company will be able to capitalize. What are your thoughts on that? I love it. I you know, I knew you were going to bring your A game, and I knew that uh, you were going to just display an impressive amount of grit and resiliency when it came to me t- trying to steal your thunder. I was unknowingly trying to do that. Uh, it makes it, it makes it uh, <laughs> even more interesting throughout the the episode. But I, what you talked about, where they come all, from all sides of the field, that's what I, what I've noticed with the Carolina Panthers, and that's something that even with when we talked about Kyle Allen and even though we, we talk about, can we contain Christian McCaffrey? Uh, they're just not a one-sided football team. They're a really, really good football team at five and three. I think maybe their record could be a little bit better. It'd be really interesting if Cam Newton wasn't on the IR last year succumbing to that shoulder injury uh, this year, having it be a foot injury, which is bizarre. I mean, yeah, he's got that Liz, that Liz Frank oh. injury that uh, has ended a lot of careers. I think that's what, uh, when we had Cedric Benson, didn't that wasn't that the injury he got that kind of ended his career? I, I don't remember uh, his injury, but yeah, may he rest in peace. Uh, yeah, um, man, yeah, I forgot about Cedric Benson. There, there. I mean, every time you see that injury, it's one of those things where you just wonder, oh, okay, can you come back from it? 
So per NFL rules, he misses the remainder of the season, but he's eligible to return in the postseason, which is something to be that's intriguing to keep an eye on. Is I think this pa- Panthers team is a post postseason worthy team, but this NFC is extremely tough. Sure. Uh, the surprise was mentioned in Brian Burns. Uh, he was the darling uh, for me with that twelfth pick. I was really hoping that the Packers were going to take Brian Burns, uh, which. Definitely. Which leads me to my second game ball and the actual 12th overall pick of this year's draft is Rashawn Gary, I think. And this is more of just, I, I'm hoping, I'm I'm really, really hoping that we, we get to see some sort of flashes. I, we've seen it with um, the Smith brothers as they are, they have the most sacks when it comes to teammates in the league at 16.5. You look at Mike Pettin and... I would maybe say maybe this is a combination of Mike Pettin and Rashawn Gary where I, I think that we need to see something outside of the one sack that he does have. Also with with Mike Pettin is that our our brother from another mother, Jeremiah, mentioned it in a tweet. If Mike Pettin is, is on the hot seat as his second year as defensive coordinator and that's I, I just feel like this game is where we really need to see. Granted, they don't have those explosive wide receivers, but I think this could go a long way in regaining some confidence in Mike Pettin, regaining some confidence in, in Jair Alexander. I think maybe this is the game where Rashawn Gary maybe produces a stat line where we talked about Kenny Clark, where maybe he is underperforming, and Mike Pettin has come out and said that he's been double teamed. He had a, I think he had a great game this past Sunday, tallied up a couple of pressures, also had a pass defended as well. And... I thought about maybe giving it to Kenny Clark, but since he's getting double teamed all the time, that's gotta that's gotta open it up for other players. Sure. And I think a lot of attention is gonna be paid towards Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. And my hope, and we have three players in the top twenty-five according to Pro Football Focus, with Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, and Kenny Clark. I think this is the game where maybe I put my I guess my disappointment or my sorrows that we didn't take Brian Burns to bed and that my excitement grows that we took Rashawn Gary. So that's my second game ball. But I, when we look at Kenny Clark uh, and Mike Pettin coming to his defense and also realizing that Kenny Clark is going to get paid this offseason, I think that I talked about it in, in numerous episodes is that he's been struggling with a calf injury and then... You know, if you're watching the tape, you're watching the game, you're seeing that he's getting double teamed. He's still creating pressures uh, with this injury. It opens it up for other people to make uh, to make plays. So I think I think it's time that maybe we see Blake Martinez get after the quarterback a little bit more rather than just, you know, tally up all these different tackles that are 10 yards downfield. Right, right. So I think this is a game where it can go a long way in confidence building. Uh, it's a it's a home game. After what we have a really long stretch of uh, of away games, what, what was the number again? Um, it was was it forty eight? Forty eight, yes. Jeez. So I think this is you know I think this is a way where the defense shows up. Mike Pettin, I you have these resources, and you're gonna give up. You're gonna get. You're gonna give up the underneath play. You're gonna do this bend, don't break philosophy. But you need to create turnovers. That's his bread and butter. Is that the Packers exactly. thrive where they if they can create turnovers? And so this is the game where I feel like okay, Kyle Allen throws a couple picks. It restores some confidence. It gets some continuity back in our defense. 
But I will say this, it could go in the totally other direction. Kyle Allen and Christian McCaffrey could light up this Packers defense. They've been underwhelming. They give up a ton of big plays. I think they lead the NFL in big plays over 50 yards, if I'm not mistaken. I think I saw a tweet on that. I wish I could find that. But anyway, when I'm when you look at what Mike Pettin and his familiarity with this team, albeit he's got a lot of new faces to deal with where it comes to Adrian Amos, where it comes to Darnell Savage, where it comes to Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, also Rashawn Gary, uh, you also have some familiarity. And so I, I don't know what's going on, but... If you, Jeremiah said this perfectly, where you have Jair Alexander, where his eyes are always on the quarterback and he's breaking, where he leaves his his player to maybe make a tackle of a guy playing underneath. Maybe it's a, a running back or or even a tight end if it, in those circumstances. Mm-hmm. He's he's saying more of trust his instincts and, and more follow your assignment. So I wonder if there's any sort of correction in that. Uh, Jair Alexander is a sticky, sticky defender. But man, my concern is that quarterbacks have figured him out. And that they can bait him with 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 their eyes, and that sure. that allows explosive plays to happen. And so, while Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore aren't Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, even the caliber of uh, what we experienced this last week with uh, Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen, and and what is it, Mike Williams? Even though Mike Williams has yes. been um, not as consistent as they had hoped, but. Speaking of what what happened with the Thursday night game with the uh, the Chargers, I I worked late. Oh, I don't know. I missed Did it. You? All right, I'm going to find that out towards <laughs> yeah, the end of the I, game. I, I, who knows? Anyway, <laughs> I I look at it as an opportunity for Mike Pettin to really prove that okay, let let's get creative, let's get after the quarterback. If it's going to be this bend don't break, and we, we rely on a turnover to win the game, I'm going to get a little concerned with that. I'd like to see a little bit more consistency. Sure. I'd like to see us be more of a uh, a defense that swarms. And that I haven't seen that. I mean, we get after the quarterback, but once a player has some has open field to run, I don't see us attacking. I don't see us swarming. And that's something that I'd like to get uh, get back to. And I wonder if the record of 7-1 and one was something where they inflated themselves. They, they knew that one other portion of the team was going to pick up the slack and vice versa. And now with the Packers being seven and two, I really wonder this humble pie that Rogers talks about what, what kind of game plan are we going to see with LeFleur? What is Mike Pettin going to bring? And so that I, I, and I know, so now I'm switching it. I think the game ball is actually going to be Mike Pettin. Oh, the old switcher. Yeah, just more <laughs> talking it out. The old fumble. <laughs> talking it out. I'm thinking, yeah, I think it's Mike Pettin's opportunity to show, um, granted, you can put players in position to succeed, and it's up to the players to execute. But I, I want to see a little bit more of a swarming type of defense. I think we have the playmakers to do that, and this is an opportunity to see what he can come up and create with a really dangerous offense. I think, granted, it, I, I want to see that stat line of like 160, 51% completion, zero touchdowns, and three interceptions. That's what I'm going for with Mike Pence. So he'll be my second game ball. After the fumble rooski, after the old switcheroo. The old switcheroo here. All right, well, sticking with game balls, I am going to go. I'll stick with the defensive side of the ball here for my game ball number two. And I'm going out on a limb here once again. You know how I like to get crazy with these things. And just like Sex Panther, 60% of the time, it works every time. (laughs) 
similarly to my picks. Anyway. Oh, man. I was not expecting you to throw yeah. that in there. Hey, oh. That was clever. Uh, nice. I was actually drinking uh, uh, some water and I almost spit it out, literally. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to give give uh, Jair the ball, the game ball. <sighs> yep. Yep. I know. It's, uh, I'm putting it out there, but. Um, you, I know you had mentioned in the bearded duo session that he is your, you know, he is a bit of a disappointment this season. Oh yeah. Um, hopefully, by the time this comes out, people have have listened to that. Um, you know, your midseason not bust because again, I agree with you. That's not really a fair term to to label him with, but disappointment works. I think, like I mentioned earlier, with this game, the receivers they have to face are not big. They're not super fast. It's a good confidence booster for him. I think he matches up with either one of the receivers well. And I just have that feeling in my in my gut that he's going to get his swagger back this game. You know, kind of get everything back on track. I am. I don't like predicting numbers or anything, but not only am I going to say that Jair has an interception, that interception is going to be a pick six. Mark it down, Lambo leap. <laughs> oh, all right. I'm actually going to jot that down in my notes real quick. You better. Well, I dig it, and I agree with. Yeah, disappointing. It's tough. To, I even hate that term bust. These are people's lives. I, I truly believe that, you know, they go in trying to just do their job, I hope. So using that word bust, I, I, I always feel a little uh, queasy, uneasy with that. So disappointing. I'm, I I love Jair Alexander. I mean, our cover page on our, our, our Twitter for Unknown Packers is Jair Alexander. I, I love him. I just... I, I want him to hone in. I want him to be more refined. And I, I'm curious if it's more of a Jekyll Hyde where Jeremiah in our Bearded Duo sessions number three uh, talk about where he can be locked down, but then he can also be that Terrell Buckley, you know, where uh, sure. he, he makes a play but also gives up a ton of yards. So I, I, I hope sure. you're right. And you've lately, you I mean, you've been good with your predictions so I, I do think that this is an opportunity for him to right the ship sure. as we go into this, you know, daunting stretch, I think, uh, with November and December with, with the Green Bay Packers. I'm going right into my wild card. Do it. And it's weird because this guy's a stud, but I think Devontae Adams is the third game ball. Oh, I almost I almost went there, Bryce. Oh, nice. I almost went there. Nice. I almost went there. Just like, <laughs> and <laughs> For me, I... The Packers are 4-0, uh, electric without Devontae Adams. And then the minute he comes back, you can tell that uh, he really wasn't taking uh, defenders deep. Uh, he was more going underneath and accruing about 40 yards. I want to say six catches, seven catches with like a six-yard average. Mm-hmm. And for, I, I would like to see the Packers, I want to see Devontae Adams have an explosive game, what he's capable of. Uh, that was that toxicity that I talked about in the Bearded Duo session was that uh, just Packer fans finding a way to just demoralize people. And and I experienced it in my personal life, uh, my professional life, where people just try to tear other people down. And yeah, the Packers were explosive uh, impressively with Alan Lazard and, you know, Aaron Rod- I mean, Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones being essentially, I think, the second best wide receiver on this team right now. Yep. So I, I look at Devontae Adams as quieting all those naysayers. I will also admit that when we drafted him and 
I was impatient. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I, I wanted us to move on. I, I will completely admit that. And I've turned into a huge Devonte Adams fan. I think it's also very humbling and liberating to just admit when you're wrong, reflect and try to improve. And so with me, Devonte Adams is always a guy that I key in, key in on. Uh, it was nice to see him this past Sunday. I just felt like maybe he wasn't a hundred percent or he was even cautious. And so we talked about that, like where if, if that is the case, if you're cautious, yeah. if, you, if you're not 100%, if you're not going to be the Devontae Adams that we're expecting to be, maybe this was more of a game of him just getting acclimated again, and it wasn't him being cautious. This is the game that I feel that at home, Devontae Adams, in front of, in front of those toxic Packer fans, like you said, maybe pick six Lambeau leap, I'm thinking big explosive play Devontae Adams. I like it. Where Matt LaFleur... Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, they get back on the winning track. And with that, I two of my game balls, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, I think they have huge games. I like it. Yeah, I agree with uh with your with with that with Adams. I think he will have a big game as well. And you're right. Anytime you have that kind of injury that's so painful, you're gonna be a little bit hesitant, you know, to go full on the next time out on the field against real NFL speed and competition. So like you said, I think last game was more of an acclimation period and, you know, he will light it up this, uh, this weekend. So good call there. Good call there. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. I am going for my, uh, where this is a wild card round, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wild card. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, let's, let's get wild, Bryce. Let's get wild for my wild card ball. Pre-game ball, I am going with uh, another receiver. Um, I'm going to go with the alien lizard himself. Oh, Alan Lazard. Yes, Alan Lazard. I just think that uh, he is going to gonna step up this weekend and take those next steps towards solidifying himself as the Packers' number two receiver. He isn't there yet. But I think uh, as time goes on, he is getting closer to closer, closer and closer. I think he will overtake MVS for that spot before too long. And it just comes down to, you know, that he's got good size. He's got good good hands. um, He's got awesome playmaking ability. And most importantly, he has the, the full trust of Aaron Rodgers. And that is pretty much... The number one thing in this offense is to have Rodgers trust because if you don't, you're not getting the ball. So I think this weekend, um, with you know, more attention being placed on Adams, Lazard is going to get more snaps, and he is really going to solidify his chances of taking over that number two spot. I just think he is going to have a, a a monster game as well this weekend. Before I'm glad I love Alan Lazard and those that tune into the Unknown Packers podcast know how we're huge fans of Alan Lazard. I mean, we've been clamoring for him to be on this team. Thought that maybe he'd be a hybrid tight end, but he does have the second highest second highest rating when it comes to Aaron Rodgers targeting his mm-hmm. wide receivers at like 138.2, ah, 134.8. And uh, when he's targeted, I think the thing that's most impressive with Alan Lazard is that uh, when he's targeted, he just has an, an innate ability to high point footballs. I mean, he has he knows how to haul it in, and, and like you said, with Aaron Rodgers trusting him, I think that he he is that guy that uh, the Packers can lean on. He just seems to be so trustworthy. He he's got his head screwed on right. He wants to come play, and I think. And not to d- minimize or uh, dismiss any other type of player that has, you know, clawed his way into the NFL, but I just like 
the moxie of Alan Lazard, I, how he was a practice squad guy for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Packers signed him to their active roster in December of 2018. Uh, he had a great preseason, doesn't make the 53, clears waivers, and the Packers were able to sign him on before week one. So there are a lot. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder. I think that there's something like, you know what, I balled out in preseason and I didn't make the 53-man roster. So I, I, I like him. I love that. I think this is... I do, I do believe that this is an opportunity for the Packers to right the ship. It could go the other way, though. It could go where back in 2015 where we were exposed after, uh, what was a 6-1 start or 6-0 start and we lost right. to Denver. I don't th- – I mean, I think it's easy to make parallels like that, but when I read an article by that or a tweet from Zach Cruz, I thought, oh, okay, that's interesting to think about. But I do, I do believe that they're going to right the ship. They've got players back. They're – they're healthier. I think Balaga was nursing that finger injury. He played through that. Shows just what a mauler he is. I think David Bakhtiari's playing through a back injury. They're healthier. I think Balaga was nursing that finger injury. He played through that. Shows just what a mauler he is. I think David Bakhtiari's playing through a back injury, and which is affecting what seems to be just his uh, timing and where I think he leads the team in penalties and is also one of the more... Well, I think he leads the NFL in, in penalties as well, if if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. And so I think this is just an opportunity, I think, for the Packers to right the ship. At Lambeau, it's going to be cold. Panthers, you know, being a warm weather team, I, I think it bodes well. Uh, Christian McCaffrey coming from California and Stanford, it's going to be cold. And I, I say ramp it up. We'll also have uh, the better half of the bearded duo, Jeremiah Wayman and... Uh, his wife, along with other friends at Lambeau. So I think that brings some good vibes. Before we wrap up, MVPs on tap. I wanted to talk about the injury report. And Let's do it. Nebels, uh, give me, uh, just break it down for us. You know, look at the injury report. Seemed pretty status quo after, you know, after a game. Um, a lot of minor things here, there, you know, limited participation. The only one that I really took of note was Adrian Amos, and he has not practiced yet this week due to a hamstring injury. So, again, we're recording this Friday morning. I don't know what their practice schedule is, you know, today, tomorrow, whatnot. But thus far this week, he has not practiced at all. So I, I'm i going to put the Nebel stamp of questionable on Amos for the game on Sunday. And that's it. And that's it. That's it. Yeah, everybody else, you know, excited the dinged up, you know, normal, normal stuff that you could expect after a game. But he is the only one that uh, has not practiced at all this week. So Robert Tanyan uh, with his hip injury then, too, he's looking like he might be playing. Maybe. <laughs> call sure. me. Yeah, we better we better check. Like I said, I went through, um, and I, I didn't really look at the names. Shame on me specifically. I just looked for, you know, the did not participate, whatnot, you know, the statuses. And so, if you're got, looking, if you're looking at limited, Devonte Adams, Brian Balaga, okay. Kevin King, Robert Tanyan, and Marquez Valdez Scantling were all limited. Lim- this okay, is got Wednesday's it. practice, and then Jimmy Graham, Adrian Amos, and Tremont Williams did not participate. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, I, I'd like, uh, I, Ibrahim Campbell being activated off the PUP list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that maybe he could f- possibly, he's a guy to keep an eye on, but Adrian Amos not practicing that it's like, oh, uh, and so maybe we see more Josh Jackson. Maybe this is the opportunity, even though Mike Penton said that he's best suited for the slot, but I, I think that this is an opportunity, 
uh, to right the ship. Could There's be. still a lot of question marks going in. Devonte Adams 100% is Brian Balaga 100%. I think Devonte Adams is going to ball up. It looks like uh, I have the Thursday injury report actually, and yeah, you're right. Um, Amos didn't participate. And the other, only other one, I don't know how I missed him before, but uh, Mercedes Lewis also did not participate. He didn't participate on Tuesday due to veterans rest. Um, okay. No status for uh, no status on Wednesday, and a did, did not participate Thursday. So I don't know what is going on with Mercedes. And as we wrap up MVPs on tap, uh, something that is really humbling and grateful, or that we're grateful for is uh, we actually just reached 1,000 followers on Twitter, at Unknown Packers. And with that, uh, we wanted to do a little giveaway, pay our respects to all the fans and supporters and listeners and uh, watchers uh, for our ASL population, our deaf community that tunes in as well. The only podcast available in American Sign Language and in spoken English, but Nebel's All right, we are giving away a one of our all gas no break shirts. Uh, we have a large variety on sale at our website, and we just said once we hit a thousand a uh, thousand followers, we would give one of those shirts of the winner's choice to somebody. And the winner is Logan Painter, and his tweet tweeter his Twitter handle is at Painter Logan. So, Logan, congratulations. Uh, I do see you put down the shirt you wanted, and we'll just have to get the size. But we'll go ahead and get that coordinated with you on Twitter and get that shirt sent out. So, thank you very much for your support, and congratulations on winning the shirt. It's humbling, and uh, we truly appreciate it. This is a product of love and passion. Um, I know that sounds weird when I say love and passion together, especially with it being Sex Panther on tap. But I am your co-host, Bryce Christensen. And I'm Nebels. And this is the Unknown Packers Podcast. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers Podcast. Make sure that you're tuning in to TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Play, Stitcher, and a variety of other podcast platforms. Don't forget to say, hey, Alexa, play the Unknown Packers Podcast. That's right. We're good friends with Alexa. Make sure you're checking out our website, theunknownpackers.com, as well as Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Reddit, The Unknown Packers Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I'm Bryce Christensen, and this is The Unknown Packers Podcast.